Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into this episode of the Denver Stiff Show. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. I am joined today in a special summit episode. We are recording... It's a summit. We are recording from uh, my study in my house, and I've invited a couple of the Denver Stiffs podcast hosts over, and we're going to join together and do our own little podcast. And so... Every every host, or at least one of the hosts representing from every single show is here. On my right, we have host of the Chicken Nuggets podcast, Jenna Garcia. What's up? I'm so excited. It should be good. On my left, we have host of The Dig, Nick Herzog. Hey, hey, what's up? It's my first time joining you guys, I think. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, yeah, it's true. We, we, we don't you've, do been enough, on, you've been on The Dig, but I, I don't... I yeah. have been on The Dig. Uh, we don't do enough live recordings together just because everybody's in different places. It's... It's always hard to get lined up with people's schedules, but it's all right. And then the hardest person to get out, uh, we finally got him. Uh, we have host of the Pickaxe podcast, Gordon Gross. Gordon, what's who, up? Who let me in here? Yeah, I How don't know. I get that to a summit? <laughs> I don't know. Big invite. It's, no, Big it's guessed. great. I, I, I had to incentivize him with chicken tortilla soup. That's true. I did get bribed. Yeah, verdict verdict on the soup out of 10. Soup is good. I'd give yeah. it like eight and a half. Eight and a half? There you go. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. Nine. And okay. I'm actually Mexican, so my vote's the only one that counts. That's, That's true. true. That is true. That's true. Gets more votes That's true. Hey, I, I just, I'm just saying, I brag about that all the time. I brag about it on social media, and I, I backed it totally up. Totally worth it. It was about good. About your soup? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I've never seen you brag on, about it. Well, you know, it's I, I have volume tweets, so most of the time it's about the nuggets, but... Occasionally, every, the you sneak in the tortilla soup. Every hundredth, hundredth tweet or so, if I could say that word, it's a, it's about chicken tortilla. Just soup. make sure that the clip we use to advertise this is going to be about your chicken soup. So, it's going to be yeah. about this right here. That's so, it. This is the chicken soup podcast. I'm just going to put brag every time I see you tweet about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a humble brag with that <laughs> that chicken tortilla soup. All right, so we aren't going to talk about food the entire time. But we could. Um, we, we could. could. Yeah. We, we certainly could. It was, we had some good. We had some good stuff tonight, but. The All-Star Game was tonight. We we had a good time watching it. We we sat down, watched the entire thing. I was surprised that we actually watched the entire thing. But it finished up really well. They did this thing called the Elam Ending, which is basically they they assigned a score that each team had to reach in order to win the game in the end. And it made for some really intense basketball in the last quarter. Quarter and a half, really. Well, yeah, they, quarter and a half. They like, chased it in the third quarter. The first half, nobody played. Second half, everybody cared. It was great. And, yeah. and you you want to see that from the All-Star game. Did you like it, Jenna? Did you did you think that this was a good change? I did like it, but my issue with it was that Nicola played in the first half. Yeah. And then did not play very much. 
He hits a three at the end of the third. End of the third, but I mean, eleven minutes. He was the lowest lowest number of minutes on the whole LeBron team. And and if if and the most clutch clutch player. Like, come on. He was the only one who actually hit a clutch shot. (laughs) None of the guys on the court at the end of the fourth quarter could hit the clutch shot. It would have it would have been faster if Nikola was on the floor. That's true. (laughs) I feel like Jokic is the kind of guy you want on the court more in an All Star game because he doesn't want to shoot necessarily. No, sure. He'd be happy to get other guys shots. He's kind of a perfect playmaker to have out. Yeah, you give him you give him the ball, let him play make, and if he's open, then he'll he'll take it and make it. That's just what he does. Uh, but he played well. He hit that clutch three at the at the end of the third quarter. It, it didn't end up giving them the money. They actually tied right at the end of that because of a, a foul call or or whatever. But right, but it rolled it, so they actually got the money in the fourth because they won the fourth. So oh yeah, that's right. So hey, it was it was important. It Give was all dead. that to Jokic. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. Honestly, shot. he was the only reason they won tonight. Yeah, like, well, yeah, obviously MVP. <laughs> <laughs> he he said he said to Nick Cosmider today, uh, should have won the MVP. I can't believe I didn't win. Should, I snub. totally deserved it. Totally got snubbed. Yeah. So, and that's just who Jokic is. He's he. This this weekend was a great showcase for him, just like being the kind of person that he is. Right. Watching coaching, watching him hang around and mess around with guys. He is funny. He is natural, and he really enjoys the game. And it all came through this weekend. So genuine. I, I don't know if there's a player on that on any of the All Star rosters that actually dislikes him. I can't imagine. What would you? Yeah, what Gobert. would there be to dislike? Gobert's right? probably the only one, but only because he's been giving Gobert the business. <laughs> like that. That seems. Steph that's Curry was given the business earlier. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> not true. on the court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you all know what I'm talking uh, about. <laughs> if, if, if you need help, look it up. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It was. It was honestly. I I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed watching this game, and, and it was nice watching with people like you. You didn't necessarily have to pay attention in the first three quarters, but none of us were, were looking at our phones exclusively during the fourth. It was enjoyable. No, no. no, this was the first All-Star game I think I've watched from start to finish in years. I don't know. I usually yeah. – I'll start in on them, and I'll kind of check in on it through the game. And I just – I don't know. I always sort of lose interest because the players aren't really trying, and you kind of get tired of just seeing alley-oops and stuff after a little bit. Yeah. But um, this game, yeah, it got it got more intense as it went along and I think you got to credit the format, the uh, this this interesting ending and I like the whole the whole idea of uh, picking teams too. I think probably added some competition here that was um, of course. Except for really LeBron only but... played his friends. And Frank Vogel pretended yeah. to be a coach. But those yeah. were the guys that were on the court at the end, I guess. He's, he's been doing that all year. That's <laughs> really good acting, you know. Right? Is he yeah, going to yeah. be featured in any films coming out soon? Frank Vogel? Yeah. Well, yeah, Probably. he's in L.A., oh, yeah. so he definitely, yeah, right. yeah LeBron I mean, got him a deal. He's got that, got that <laughs> Is he in Space plug, Jam? In, plug in Space Jam, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you think that the NBA should do this next year? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the players cared. And if the players care and they want to do it, then it's a good format. I'm going to go one step further. I think they need to start implementing the, the Elam ending in preseason NBA Ooh. games and, and actually start working toward trying this out. I'm not saying I'm all in on this going into the NBA regular season or playoff games yet. yet. I mean, I think we need some time to see if this works on a you know a, a more widespread basis. But sure. I think there's some real potential here. I really like the, the playground nature of it. The you know first team to 11 wins kind of, kind of idea. That's how most people grow up playing basketball. Sure. It did take it back. That's what I was going to say, too. It took it back to, like, it almost had, like, a feeling of nostalgia. Obviously, everything about Kobe was very sad and um, honoring to him, but I thought that the style of the way they played was just, like, made me feel like, oh, that's how I played when I was a kid. 
And Somebody, probably made them play, feel yeah. that way, right? Yeah. I think that's why they liked it so much. Yeah. yeah. They were so passionate in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Somebody on Twitter said that maybe they should start implementing this into the regular season, but for overtimes. So it's mm. not necessarily like... Oh, that's interesting. It's yeah. not necessarily something that you do at the end of the fourth quarter or at the end of every quarter, but it could be something that you do to, in, in overtime. Because we, when we've have seen, we seen a change that big? You know, even a, a double time. overtime or something, just just to get it going a little bit. Just yeah. to but see then you if, miss out on the quadruple overtime. It would be rare enough, though, that the NBA, like... Elitist wouldn't wouldn't get there. We've already seen that that maybe maybe the best thing to do is just to give them one overtime to to decide it normally. But after that, like just give them the Elam ending first to eleven. After that wins, I think that makes a lot of sense. No, like, I work with that and because it's like we, the hockey. It's like a hockey shootout. Sure, of we saw Jokic play sixty five minutes in a playoff game. Like I don't think anybody wants to see that again. Like I mean, it was it was glorious. It, it was <laughs> in all of its glory for sure. But like it's 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 a great way for people to get injured. Yeah, that's true. No, and I kind of want to take it as like I was the only one who got to see that, you know? Yeah, like, that's true. Younger generations that's will true. never get to experience a four overtime game, <laughs> <laughs> especially the the Jokic four overtime game. Yeah. Because well, that would just wild. okay. So yeah. in this format, it would be replaced with uh, the hour long fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, like it when no one's taking shots. Yeah, yeah, it could still be yeah. epic in a different in a different way. Yeah, it's it true. depends on how many points you set it out to and stuff. But I wonder how that ending would compare like how long how much time it took right for a regular fourth quarter versus what they did like i didn't time it i'm sure somebody did it did feel longer well like, they kept calling fouls yeah. so it, it definitely I mean, lengthened out i mean once the players cared the refs had to care yeah and then you started getting foul calls or non-foul calls and people yelling and it's kind of stupid if they are going to let you travel in the first quarter i know but then in the fourth quarter <laughs> yeah. they're calling charges oh that's a regular games. nba game come on <laughs> this game was meant for james harden <laughs> he, he yelled the shit out of the refs this game. It was unbelievable. And right? Kyle Lowry taking that charge on him was hilarious. Kyle so, Lowry taking charges at all was amazing. It's I mean, hey, second favorite player right now. I mean, don't want to say who's first, but I think people can. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that was an all-star game record for, yes. <laughs> for charges drawn. I, I have oh, no idea. Sure. I haven't looked yeah. it up, but it's got to be. True. Uh, one more question not related to this game. Who do we think... Denver's next non Nicole Jokic All Star will be. I'll start with Gordon. Uh, from the team, they're not adding a different one. Like anybody on the team right now, it's right. it's the next person representing the Denver Nuggets in the All Star game. That is no, it doesn't have to be on the team. Uh, so now we're talking about trading people. Yeah, we don't say we, about trades. Then we're going to be like Bradley Beal or whatever because it's going to be. I think it's going to be doing a trade in the offseason. Oh, wow. Don't want don't to <clears throat> go out too far on a limb, but I, I kind of... It's hard to say. Like, I, I would I would probably still go with... See, Jamal's hard because there's so many guards. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's easier to get in at other positions. Hey, if Devin Booker can get in, Jamal can get in. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah. Devin Booker barely got in because, like, five of the people got injured. Yeah. True. I Dan, can see Dan's, Michael Porter Jr. making... Steph. Yeah. I can see Michael Porter Jr. making an all-star game before And, and that's, that's what I would think just because positionally... Mm. Positionally, it's going to be easier for Michael Porter Jr. to get in because he could get in as a as a front court player, as a back court player. Yeah, you could vote for him in any number of ways to get him on the they team. They should really just get rid of front and back court. I honestly. don't like it. It doesn't matter. Like, and we're moving into an NBA that isn't defined by that. Nikola Jokic is the perfect example of not True. defined by what position he plays right. or his size. So he like, plays a one. He's just a five. LeBron has been doing it for years. LeBron's a point guard yeah. in all as- aspects. So it's kind of stupid that we're like now we're going to define them even though their qualities don't 
Well, they started doing it because there weren't enough good centers. So they had to make it front court and back court because they used to do it positionally. Right. And then, like, you were getting, like, crappy five-point-a-game centers. Well, we still had Rudy Gobert in the game. So. <laughs> True. Oh. Hey, hey, that's 21 Burn! points and 11 rebounds, Rudy Gobert. The, every Utah Jazz man will tell you that. Wait, did he have 21 in tonight? And, like, 13 yeah, well, because How he many had, minutes did he play? He, he played a variety of minutes and grabbed a lot of offensive rebounds and... They weren't playing. Him, they weren't playing defense Jokic in the in the third. Lock and, him up. That's all I saw. Any any time before the third. Yeah, actually, that's true. Like Jokic did a good job on Gobert. Like let's let's be honest here. This is our Utah Jazz slander podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, don't at me, SCO. Dunk, SLC what, dunk. Yeah, SLC, SLC dunk, dunk. Whatever your name. Is. Don't at me. Uh, and we're we're all praying for a Sambor shuffle over Rudy Gobert <laughs> at the end of that game. But all all Jokic had to do was was just hit a hit a three to help them get some money. Right. So, okay. So you had MPJ. You had. I would go with MPJ if we're going as a team. MPJ, you're going with Bradley Beal. Yeah, you know, I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to go with Jamal. Wow. Yeah. How loyal? Well, like I said, you? it's uh, Jamal. You would think would make sense. It's just a matter of can you get in through every other point guard in the West. So my my feeling about that is next season Denver is going to be a one seed. And you have to have two representatives if you're a one seed like that. I mean, Utah has two representatives two seed right now, and they don't have two. Well, yeah. but but it's it's there. It's just different. Like like the the feeling is that even if you're Milwaukee, like Milwaukee had to have at least two representatives this year because they were playing as well as they were. Sure, but Chris Middleton's like a top fifteen player in the league, so. Is he? Is he? Oh, is he? I, Middleton's really good. Yeah, Middleton's real good, man. I don't know. There's I, a lot of if Jamal, if Jamal, if Jamal plays like Chris Middleton played, then Jamal will get in. Okay. That's how that goes. If, yeah, if Jamal gets you 43% from three, like Chris Middleton does. Yeah. Are you taking Are you taking Chris Middleton or Jason Tatum? I would take Chris Middleton. For the Nuggets, I would take Tatum because he's younger. And I think he's got probably a higher ceiling. I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think I, would, I, mean, I think Tatum is the better player right now. I don't know. He doesn't. I, he doesn't have Giannis to to help him out. Yeah, but he he does have Kemba Walker, but it's not the same. You know that. I do. I do. I would yeah. probably take. Yeah, I guess I would take Tatum. That's the thing. Like when when people have been really hyping up guys like. But that, the thing is, you're talking like fifteen a, to twenty. There's a ton of players in the league like who are really really good. Like Ben Simmons, is he in that caliber? Well, I think if, that if was he could shoot. That was something that occurred to me watching the. <laughs> I mean, Ben Simmons, never mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold my tongue on that because we've already thrown enough shit. Yeah. I don't know. That was something that occurred to me watching the game tonight was just how stacked the NBA is with talent right yeah. now. I feel like Especially really a lot team. of young players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really good young players out there, which I really love. Although, yeah. Brandon Ingram kind of shit the bed tonight. So did Devin Booker. Well, they, they didn't nice have a lot to do. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're just gonna. Sh- <laughs> we're just gonna. Yeah, shit we're gonna shade. It's fun. Yeah, man, it's an all star game. It's it's not about like so how well you did. <laughs> I'll take MPJ over Brandon Ingram. In it's two not years. like Nikola's numbers were great, but he also had very few minutes compared. Yeah, but if you're if you're a center playing playing in this game, he's just a non athletic center yeah. too. This is that's not really the honestly. Format. How dare you speak that? He was, <laughs> he was probably their best defender for the, for the first three quarters of the game, Un- undoubtedly. Like I the, cannot the stand people who tell me that Nicola is a bad defender. It's it's, it's annoying, ridiculous. I just constantly tell them like you're an uneducated basketball. Two fan. things: one, he's um, not a good defender. Two, he's 
Fact. Out of out of shape. Yeah. yeah. Those are two things drive me crazy. You it's can't even have annoying. that take anymore. He literally is like sweating because he after the Lakers lost, he went upstairs and like ran sprints, and he's dripping sweat, and he looks like his clothes don't fit him anymore. He's, he's chucking around a medicine ball like yeah, like with with Flacco, and just just throwing that shit around. Right. He he looks cut. He he's got the V shape going on right now with his shoulders and his waist. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm, no, I, I, I'm serious. I, I am, I am dead like serious. Like a trapezoid. Yeah. <laughs> true. That, that's wrong, man. True. True. There are steps in this process. We <laughs> don't skip steps. He's a shape. He's a shape. He has a, shape. At least he's a shape yeah. now. He wasn't a shape before. Before he was, he was formless, and now he has a shape. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> On that note, we should probably move to some Twitter questions. Yes. Uh, I, I asked for Twitter questions earlier today, and you guys came through with some. We're going we're gonna to answer some of those. We'll kind of talk about some of them, go to a break after that, and then I'll answer some. I'll ask some questions of the group myself that I think are going to be interesting. So. Jenna, do you have a, a list of questions I do. for us? I have a few good questions on here. I think we're going to start out with this one, which is uh, starts out asking Gary Harris, how long should his leash be as a starter, as well as a member of the rotation or even the team? At what point does starting thrill at the two and somebody else, please God, MPJ, <laughs> at the three make more sense? And that is from at Jake Vandenbrink. Okay. Yeah, recognize the handle. Jake's not exactly like the biggest Gary Harris fan. Ah. Uh, that's there's a, there's not a lot. But I think of, it's a fair not question. A, not a lot of Gary Harris fans. It is a, it is a fair question with the way that he's been playing. It's not great. So Gordon, I'll I'll, I'll hand it off to you. You are a big Gary Harris fan. I I love Harris. Uh, it's hard to play him when he's not shooting. Yeah. The problem is if you take both Barton and MPJ off the the bench, and you're putting Gary Harris and Tory Craig on the bench. To play together, on the bench, you know? perhaps with Grant, <laughs> who while he's hitting like threes pretty well, and not a I, creator. I, yeah, he's not creating off the bounce or any of that. And maybe Mason Plumley. Like now, you're talking about a lot of guys who can't shoot in that second rotation. In the second rotation, so you've got to balance rotation out. It's not about whether he's better as a starter. It's about whether the team itself is better with a couple shot creators on both the bench and the starting unit. Yeah. I think there's definitely an argument to play Craig with the starters now. I think he's, he's made that at least Craig? a debate. Yeah, yeah, and and bringing Gary Harris off the bench and playing next to MPJ, next to Monte Morris, guys that can shoot, guys that can space for him a little bit. I can see that, but I mean Craig and Craig and Harris fill the same role right now. And so, which one's shooting better? Neither. Craig Craig's, the, Craig's, Craig's shooting better. better. Like, uh, don't look at their season stats. In recent games, technically, Craig. Yeah, that's like a three-game sample. <laughs> Over the last three games, he's shooting better than Gary Harris. Yeah, and maybe, you know, maybe so. I mean, we do have we have Gary Harris's history. I mean, this is a guy that was a a fifty percent shooter, forty percent from three, just a couple of years ago. Um, the problem is he doesn't look anything like that player anymore. No, the, and the I don't shot know why. Broken. Yeah, the, the, there's a there's a hitch in his shot. This has been talked about now um, all over all over media. Um, it's there's an obvious problem with the shot. I don't I don't know enough about the mechanics of shots to get into into those issues. Um, but there's something wrong, and and it, it's hard to just remake your shot on the fly in the middle of a playoff run. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can I can answer that a little bit based off of the shot mechanics. What what he is going through right now is he's very stiff. He's very when he starts rising up with his shooting motion, he gets up to his peak, and then once he gets to his peak, then he releases the ball and kind of catapults it a little bit. It has to be fluid. It has to be like you you want to release it, and you can speak to this a little bit even better than I can, Jenna. Like you want to you want to be able to release like at your peak, not necessarily while you're coming down. Sure, and I I honestly think it's more than anything he's in his head about it now. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. more of a mental glitch at this point. I actually had the chance to interview him one on one the other day, and it'll be in the Chicken Nuggets podcast. But just talking about um, I, we weren't supposed to talk about his shot, but it kind of led that direction, and he was very unbothered by this run of like cold streak he was very much like shots fall it's not what i do my stats don't show up on a on a score sheet on a box score well they so... used to <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> i think he yeah, was refer- saying, referencing like... like what he does on the defensive side of the ball brings, which is what he's bringing right. more to and so he's trying to focus on his good the good he's bringing to the floor and um i think that's a fair point as far as defense goes you are getting a lot from him defensively sure. but he you're also not how much how much can you give up offensively you know at what point and if Jamal and Nicola don't have it going I think there needs to be like an alternate rotation right where like okay if Jamal and Nicola have it going whatever leave Gary in there True. if Jamal and Nicola don't have it going we got to get somebody else in for, well, and for I think, Gary's I think spot. their problem is going to be when you have Barton and MPJ both healthy I don't think it's a big deal then you have Barton in with Murray and Jokic if you pull one of them, MPJ comes in as your scorer off the bench, and you keep three scorers around. Like, and, you know, Morris comes in, he can also score. Like like three ball handlers. <coughs> you have, like you have, yeah, you have ball handlers, like, guys who can create shots. Nice thing. Yeah. Guys who can shoot off the bounce or off, you know, um, just, just sit in the corner and wait for the ball. Right, and what that says about all of us is that we all have a little Mike Malone in us. Yeah, Because <laughs> that is so how Mike Malone coaches this team, right? right. He is always thinking about you know, each rotation and what is going to keep it, because he hates giving up leads, he but does, what yeah. is going to keep them consistent throughout the entire game. He's not really, he. I don't think Mike Malone cares one bit about who starts the game. No. He always will tell you he cares about who finishes the game. Right. And that's really what matters. That's what he focused on in the off, or the postseason last year, too. It was about matchups. He yeah. sat Will Barton when, it, when times got tough. I don't think he has. he's going to have a problem sitting Gary Harris if, that comes to head. Yeah, the only problem that they run into, you see flashes when there's a lot of length who's making shots around Jokic. It looks so beautiful that you're like, I just want to design a lineup around that. Right. And the Nuggets aren't there yet. Like, they're just not. They don't They don't have the consistent length to do that. Yeah. You know, it would be great if you could be like, MPJ is making shots and Grant is making shots and Jokic is making shots. Mm-hmm. And you've got all this length in the game. And they're not there. They're they're not ready for that kind of lineup. So they got to mix and match. Yeah, and we talked about this a little <clears> bit during the All Star game, Nick. Like how I was saying, I'd rather have Gary out there because he's a drive to the basket. You know, you have Nicola doing his pick and roll with Jamal, Jamal creating shots, and then you have your uh, three point shooter Tory Craig, Will Barton creating shots too. But you get a variety of basketball. You don't know how you have options on how to attack, and it's not just pick and roll, which is what they really struggled with postseason last year. Was they got too stuck in the pick, just and, pick roll, and roll, yeah. and then they had nobody else doing anything. Yeah, when when they got to that point, it got them to a certain point. But then when Jamal started missing shots, it was 
They didn't really have a pivot. They didn't really have anything else that they could go to. Now, having Will Barton healthy, having Michael Porter that, Jr., that will change, that, things, that'll yeah. change things. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, do we have another question? We do. Sweet. Uh, that was actually a pretty good question. Yeah. Generated yeah. great conversation. Yeah, so for thank sure. you, Jake. Uh, the next question is actually about injuries. Out of all the injuries the Nuggets have had recently, which one concerns you the most in terms of that player having the highest chance of re-injury and potentially not being 100% for the playoffs? From at Buckets since 88. Gordon, you should probably <laughs> take this one. You, you have more of a, a good perspective on well, look, what could I, re-injure. Well, I used, to, I used to do physical rehab stuff for um, athletes, so... Yes, give us your credentials. It's seriously, I I worry a bit about Millsap. Um, quad injuries are like hamstring injuries. They're long muscles, depending on what you consider a quad injury. Which um, changes? Yeah, that can differ. Um, you can you can be in the re-injury category. Um, quads turn into the the tendon that goes over the knee if you have patellar tendonitis. That causes you future other issues. He's thirty five. He's thirty five, which gives me. Yeah, in basketball terms, he's very, very old. According to Nicola, 50. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I, I worry about Paul Millsap having leg injuries. Um, I would worry about Plumlee landing again on that um, with his cuboid injury, depending on what yeah. that was. Um, can, you, uh, can you explain to the viewers what a cuboid is? They're viewing me? Oh, shit. Or, or listeners. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. They're always watching. That's right. <laughs> can you also explain it to me, please? Yeah. Uh, cuboid injury is actually normally not a bone problem. It's it, you have um, bones uh, that create your ankle. Sure. Um, cuboid injury is usually like a ligament injury um, for things that are structurally holding your ankle bones together. Pretty important. It's useful. Um, it's not. It's not a calcaneus. You're not breaking the bone. Normally, with a cuboid injury, you can crack the cuboid. Yeah. Um, but and and if you do, it doesn't heal very well. There aren't any ligaments in the in the ankle, though, are there? A plenty. Oh, okay. Tons that's that's what am, what am I thinking of? I'm I'm thinking of there's stuff that's not in the ankle that that is in other stuff. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's okay. There's not a heart in the ankle. <laughs> Thank for you. Example. There's, there's no lungs. There's no lungs in the ankle. Uh, okay. This is this is not a Ryan Rose session. Like, come on. Well, it can be. God. I mean, we can start. Yeah. Uh, there is so, a cube. But not a trapezoid. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> uh, I, I would also be worried about Plumley just landing, okay, landing on foot anything dudes like that. Big. And having foot injuries is a big deal, like, especially with him being a leaper. Yes, he's a jumper. When you come down, yeah. it's hard. Like I always worry about foot re- injuries recurring because when you come back out, you hope it's right, right, but you don't know that it's right. Foot injuries linger, especially on big players. So they're being careful with ball, ball about that sort of thing. Um, I worry about I would worry about Plumlee and Millsap for me personally. Um, Murray keeps playing through all of his injuries anyway. See, that's so what I, I know that, yeah, I know he's going to be healthy, but he's going to play through it. I'm sort of concerned about Murray just because he refuses to ever sit. Yeah, I know. with injury, and that that can catch up to him. And not only not not only could he re-injure the ankle because he's playing on something that's not fully healthy, but it could cause other other probably could have caused a knee problem or it, there's it, there's other ripple effects that playing yeah. with injury can cause that he may be. As a 22-year-old who thinks he's invincible, doesn't understand that you can't just tough it out. Yeah. Always like this; these can have uh, long-lasting effects on you. And he did comment earlier in the season. Jamal said that he's noticing things hurt more mm-hmm. than they used to hurt, which is kind of like a little bit like yellow flag, not right. red flag, mm-hmm. but like 
uh, you're still 22, bro. It right, shouldn't right. be hurting you yet. Like, you're still, a, in all ways, and a I, child, should, basically. Shouldn't be know, old and creaky not, quite well, yet. Yeah, yeah but, but I, you, I give him a lot of credit for trying to play through injury. I mean, I, I appreciate the toughness. Them. I do. Yeah, yeah, I think it's up to the Nuggets. It's up to Malone or somebody to just say, no, dude, just, just take it easy, man. And, take a week off. Yeah. And Malone did say that, too. Last time we talked <clears> to him about this same topic, you know, he said that if the trainer says he can go, then he can go, but... If he sees that he's dragging, that Malone takes it into his hands to make the make the call. So, because people were asking, how much does Jamal control here? Right. You know, I but know. I worry we, about we, that man. Like Jamal's always going to lie. Yeah. We, we saw. Well, Torrey. Jamal didn't say that. Coach Malone. I know. Oh, he's not the only athlete. I mean, athletes want to play. We yeah. saw Tory Craig basically crawling up the floor last game. Yeah. Like, like just barely being able to move. <laughs> and Malone still left him out there. So I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm a little bit. They put Wilson Plumlee back in. After With the ankle injury, injury man, yeah. they put him back in. Let's yeah. be frank, though. The only injury we need to be worried about really is Jokic, and he's fine at the moment. So <laughs> knock on everything. Everybody, <laughs> knock on the table, <laughs> please. Okay, let's see if we could get another question in here before we we go to break. All right. Do you want a quick one or not? A uh, couple minutes. Okay. We all know that every player on the floor is better with Jokic on the court. But which player can thrive the best and should be playing the most when he's sitting on the bench, when Jokic is on the bench? Who'd that come from? That came from at Mr. Spencer. Well, thank you, Mr. Spencer, for the question. Um, I, I'll take this one. I think the lead candidate has to be Monte Morris, yep. right? Like, that's the that's the guy who you need to be out there in every non-Jokic minute. Correct. Um, it, it, he's so much more comfortable handling the ball. Traditional point guard very much understands how to get other guys involved, how to facilitate, how to be the guy who can create for others, but also be able to comfortably create for himself. And he's been balling out lately. He's been playing really well, even Absolutely. without Jokic on the floor. Now, I would also say that another guy would be Paul Millsap for me. Just Millsap playing without Jokic plays more like a center. He distributes the ball more. He's willing to take shots in the paint. The paint's not as clogged because... Um, Jokic isn't standing there next to him, bringing another big dude in. Mm. Right. I, I think I think yeah. Millsap being on the court more without Jokic would help Denver. I in think a, that's in a small thing. ball lineup. I think that's yeah, yeah. an interesting idea, right? Where we have him at the five. We're going to talk about that with the rotation because I think that there are a lot of there are a lot of things there. Yeah, I was going to say one. I've always said that Monte Morris is the closest player to Jokic, like most like Jokic in their playing, the way they play. They play, style, sure. they play the same mm-hmm. play style, is very similar, and one is the tiniest guy on the team and one is the biggest guy right. on the team. It it's is funny. adorable. It is funny. <laughs> yeah, they, they, both, they both can score, but then they, they would prefer to let other people do the work. Right, and, and they're more creators, yep. they see the floor in a different way, and they're both really intelligent basketball players, but I would have to go with Will Barton, too. He's, he's a good candidate. Will and can create on his own. Yeah. He can create. Uh, he can create opportunities for other guys on the floor, and he's been balling out. So he's. I mean, I think I worry less about when he's on the floor without Jokic. I don't worry like when right. he's been out this last couple, this last stretch he, in, with injury. I'm like, oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> you we, know, who's gonna if Jokic sits? Who's going to score? Who's right. going to create? Yeah, I agree with you. I think Barton was my, the, the name that came to mind too when I heard this question and. It's hard. Barton is tricky for me because he's been one of the, he's been maybe the most consistent player all year for the Nuggets. Uh, he's been great, but I'm almost wondering if he does have a better fit with the bench unit 
Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we talked earlier about, like, sliding him to shooting guard. I mean, there's, like, some possibilities there that I think could be interesting. But I, I really like his playmaking with the bench and providing some some leadership to that Why not you know, young group. And so, right. And so there yeah. might, I think there's some, yeah. some sort of Swiss Army knife role for Barton here, maybe, where he's kind of... He, he, he's sort of a, a fill-in uh, player. Starts, where, where, is also first off the bench. Yeah, also, right. Malone or maybe likes, like a super sixth-man player right. or something like Malone that. Malone likes to pull the nine-man rotation. <clears throat> so yeah. depending on who gets cut out of that, whether that's Tory Craig, whether that's Mason Plumley, I would assume it's Mason. Uh, I think Will you Barton have to can, assume it's Mason because of the injury. Yeah, and, and, also, and also with the way that Paul Millsap and Jeremy Grant's been playing well as a center. Mm-hmm. Like, those guys have been great. So, actually, I want to cover that in the next segment. When we come back, we'll get to some more questions sent in from Denver Stiffs listeners, and then we will talk about some of these extra questions going into this thing. <laughs> we'll be right back. We're back. This is the Denver Stiff Show. We are at the Summit, Summit, Summit episode of the Denver Stiffs podcast. Uh, we've, we've still got a couple of questions that we want to answer from Denver Stiffs listeners. So, Jenna, do you have any of those? The last one. Okay, last one. When will we see Bull Bull? When will we see Bull Bull? 2020. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, this it is, is 2020. 2020. Oh, <laughs> 2020. <laughs> Tomorrow. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts about this, Gordon, because he hasn't played ever since mid-December in the G League. We're, we're looking out for him, hasn't really, haven't really seen much, haven't really heard much from the Nuggets organization about it. The Nuggets what? have had a couple of cryptic, like, we're monitoring the foot situation, we're making sure that he's fully progressing in his quote-unquote rehab, whatever. Sure. I'm not sure I buy any of that. I personally think they just buried him so he wouldn't get traded. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if, if you can't see him playing in the G League for the last six weeks and we make you think he's worried about injury, you don't ask for him in a trade package, you'll take Wancho. Interesting. Like, so I personally, I personally expect hmm. him to go back to the G League shortly mm-hmm. for the last few weeks of the G League. Interesting. Um, and then come back and hang with the team. That's that's really fascinating. Like, that, I just, it's, that's not an that's not an informed take. That's just a hunch. Well, and people have been like talking about asking about Michael Porter Jr. like a ton, and that's that's what the team does when they when they say when they they don't want to trade Michael Porter Jr. But teams keep asking about him. They think that they could do with him. They couldn't just take him out of the rotation. Like they couldn't just send him down right. to the G League or, or send him to Narnia. Mm-hmm. They put out a, a missive to Mike Singer. And said, "Hey, he's untouchable. Stop calling about him. Stop asking about him." Right. With Bol Bol, it's it's a little bit different. Well, um, and, and he's the problem with Bol Bol is the same as it was with Michael Porter Jr. last year. Sure. We haven't seen him. We know he's a good player. We know he's interesting, but you can't get any value for him in a trade. But people are going to ask him about him because that helps their trade value. Sure. They want to get him cheap. Yeah, they want him as a trade kicker, and the Nuggets are like, "That guy could be a rotational piece for me as soon as next year. Why would I do that?" So I, I fully expect I'm not worried about Ball Ball's health at this point until somebody tells me there's a problem with his foot. My guess is that that we will not be seeing him play for the Nuggets the rest of the year. 
they're they're going to bury him for for another like rookie of the year kind of run next year. Okay, interesting. And they're um he'll I expect him to play in a few more G League games. The Nuggets don't have a G League team, so they have to ask somebody else to play him. Great, but uh, <laughs> I think he'll get a few more games in, and then he'll come and hang out with the Nuggets for the stretch run. Like that's what I expect to see. I mean, as much as I'd like to see him play, there's not really a great spot for him at the moment. I mean, I don't I don't know how much. You know, if you want to, if you want to have him play the five on for the bench, I, I don't think you can you can chance it down the stretch. You've got enough guys. Yeah, it just doesn't. I don't know. I just don't see it on. That's a team what they that's got Bonway for. They got Bonway to make sure that they right. didn't have to cash in a, a credit on him and, and try to push him. It definitely does feel like a next year thing, and they could bring back Vonley and say, "Hey, you, you and Bol Bol are going to compete for the backup five minutes right. next year," and maybe that's the best thing for the Nuggets. Maybe they say, "Okay." We've got Jokic. We don't really have to really worry about the backup center. We just have to make sure that they're filled by somebody competent. Bull Bull could be more than that, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that they, they're going to want to see that. But if not, they've still got Noah Vonley. Right. But I thought the Vonley trade was really interesting because I thought it, it was very indicative of where they're at with Mason Plumley right now. Um, they didn't have to get back a bunch of players. Right. But they chose to. Well, they switched their depth. They switched their depth from wing shooting to, like, length and defense. Sure. So they, they added Vonway, but when you're missing Millsap and Plumley during injury, and I told you those are my two injury concerns, you want another big. You have to have Vonway. Because you never know. You might need another big dude. Like, that's yeah. your and emergency credit. So they switched it. They didn't have one. They were having trouble playing. You can't really play. Uh, Wancho was a 4-5. He's a 3-4. Sure. Um, more on the three, and yeah, so like two, three, more, yeah. You know, and so you had to go ahead and and get a bigger guy to help you with emergency center minutes, emergency power forward minutes, and they got that. Mm-hmm. So you know, I I think they made a conscious decision to do that. The final um, form of this team has Michael Porter Jr. at the three, Bol Bol at the four, and Jokic at the five. Right. It's, it's going to be hilarious, and I'm, I'm really looking <laughs> forward to just seeing all of that length it's and so, girth. Yeah, large and lanky. Yeah. It would be crazy. I need, them to, really I need Jokic well, I, to keep doing what he's doing, and I need Bol Bol and MPJ to like eat some food. <laughs> right? Well, go to Serbia. Imagine. Ooh, Porter, yeah. Go to Serbia. 6'10", 6'11 guy, and, and Bol Bol is 7'3", 7'4", whatever you want to call him. Yeah. And they could be the best perimeter shooters on the team. Yes, it's or at least catch and shoot guys. Like that's that's insane. Man, it's you know a who wild team to imagine. Off? Murray, the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, that's no, true. Yeah. All the Rockets are six five. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we had to go to all these tiny guys to get the shots up, and you guys are like giants making shots. I'm here for the Nuggets being the anti Rockets. Right, I'm yeah, all about that. Yeah, they they yes. settle for mid range shots, but they make them at a rate that like. We don't give a fuck. We don't give a damn. So, okay, then thank you guys for the questions. Thank you, Denver Stiffs listeners, for sending those in. I want to get to some questions of my own to ask the group. First question I have, at full strength, what will Denver's rotation be for the rest of the year? I'll open that up. This is uh, your favorite he, question. Well, he, he loves rotations. You know it. Yeah. We were talking it. about it. Why did he ask us this question? I don't he know. Why don't you tell me what the rotation is going to be, and I'll tell you if I don't agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I can, I can do that. I can... I can you uh, at least this How about I give you my thoughts? Yeah, hit me with your thoughts. You, you give me an evaluation that's of those fine. thoughts. Okay. So we, we'll we know grade who, you. We know who most of the starters are going to be for sure. Murray, Harris, Barton... And Jokic are definitely going to be starting, I think. They'll be in the rotation, for sure. Well, I think that, at least for the regular season, I think they're going to go with Harrison Barton, no doubt. 
Okay. Um, the real question is whether they go back to Paul Millsap at the four or not. And I don't know if they're going to. Uh, Jeremy Grant's been playing really well. He's been spacing the floor really well for them. If they really feel like he's going to be the, the power forward of the future, you're going to want to get as many minutes with that guy at the four as possible. I don't know if you just want to give that up, right? Well, I think I think Millsap at the backup 4-5 and um, Grant as the starting four makes more sense to me. Yeah. It lets you monitor Millsap's minutes. It lets you make sure that you can keep him on a rotation because, as we know, um, Malone really hates uh, monitoring people's minutes and uh, <laughs> that's not really his yeah. strong suit. It could, they could keep him at a consistent 20 minutes you can keep per him game. 20, yeah, you can keep him 20 minutes you, a game. You can keep him down. You play him about six to eight minutes with Jokic, and then the rest of them as the backup center yep. when Jokic is off the floor. Right. And that's a good lineup. That's a good but rotation. Are we saying that like Millsap would be on the court at the end of the game, though? We don't know. We, we that's, I, that's an interesting so. question. Yeah, I have a hard time imagining their $30 million a year, you know, I don't multiple, care about multiple time All-Star mm-hmm. is going to get benched. I, I don't know. I just don't. I feel like the fit with next to Jokic is good. It was, you know, that's why he was brought in uh, to cover for defense um, next to Jokic. He's been a really good floor spacer this year. He's shooting over 40% from three, right. um, which has been a pleasant surprise. It's Above been great. I, so I, I guess what I'm getting at is I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm not so sure if it's like, I think I agree with you that maybe at this point it would be smarter to start Grant. And limit Millsap's minutes for the playoffs. I'm just not sure that we're going to see it. And you I, know, I, this it, it might just be a regular season thing, and then they go back to Millsap and Jokic in the playoffs. I right. don't know that they, it matters who starts. It definitely matters who ends a game. Mm. It matters who ends a game. And one thing you're getting with Paul Millsap is veteran leadership. He's smart in tough situations, in sticky situations. And if in the fourth quarter you and are going to want, yeah, you're going to want Paul. Paul Millsap literally. Make checks everybody's defense. Make sure every time anyone on the floor is making a defensive mistake, he's got their back. <clears throat> Jeremy Grant has played well alongside Jokic, but I don't think you could say that about him defensively. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do think, like you said, at, in the fourth quarter, I think it's Millsap on the floor for Malone. We'll see. We'll see. I, I think both of those have a lot of merit. I think the Millsap-Jokic lineup has just been better than the Grant-Jokic lineup for sure. Um but it's I'm hard to tell. The Grant Yoga line has been shorthanded. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, you're not you're talking not about a full... If you're, if, you're yeah. taking, if you're taking Barton out of there, you're taking Murray out of there, obviously you're you're losing some stuff. So right. I, I try to I try to tell people that when they just say, oh, but Murray, Harris, Barton, Millsap, Jokic is their best lineup. Well, yeah, freaking duh. Like, they got all the starters out there. So, um, But I do, I am intrigued by the lineup next year. If, they, if they're able to keep Grant... And they can't work out Millsap on a on a team friendly deal. Um, I mean, we thought Millsap was going to get a team friendly deal this year, right? Yeah, like it's not probably not going to happen. So, but I am very intrigued by an MPJ Grant Jokic frontcourt. I think that's their future. Yeah, I honestly do. Like, I think that that's what they're going to go with. They'll try to get Bull Bull some minutes next year, but can't can't guarantee that. But you you want to see what Porter Grant and Jokic can do next to each other, and why well, with with Murray helping to run the show like that's. Mm-hmm. What you're looking for is you've got Murray who can run that one five pick and roll whenever you want. Yeah. You kick it out. Well, you know who's standing out there? MPJ, who's just going to bury shots in your face all day. Sure. You know, Grant's good at help, help weak side defense. You know, um, but, and a yeah, perimeter. Yeah. He's not a great rebounder, but MPJ is a great rebounder. Right. Like, there's all sorts of things you're looking for in the future. 
right now you want to win games. Like right now you're like making sure that you've got the right defense on the court at the end of the game in close possessions. Because you know Malone doesn't give a crap about how much you score in the flat, in the fourth quarter. If you score 12 points and they score 10, he's great. What about the bench? Let's just assume that Millsap is the starter because and they, they go back to their initial starting lineup. Okay. So what does their bench look like? I think it's it's got to be Monte Morris. Yeah. He has to be out there. I think Michael Porter Jr. has to be out yeah. there. I think Jeremy Grant has to be out there in yeah. those situations. So that's eight guys. And then you're going to Troy Craig because Craig's always going to get minutes. Always going to get minutes. It's easy. I mean, you would say that about Plumley, wouldn't you? Um, I wouldn't because of the injury situation necessarily. And in the playoffs last year, Plumlee had trouble scoring, doing anything really. He was trash. It was bad. It was I, bad. We've already thrown shade out there. <laughs> he didn't come yeah. in. Plumlee was not good in the he playoffs. Was, he, was he knows he wasn't real good. bad. Yeah, I think they could go with the ten man rotation because if, at least during the regular season, I, I don't expect necessarily a full ten or eleven man rotation or whatever. I do think there will be games where they give Millsap the game off, and then Plumlee gets minutes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're gonna they're gonna do do times where they're like for this matchup those guys are really big. Give me Plumley. That's why this is such a hard question to answer because Malone is that coach who's like it's all about the matchup. He yeah. does not care about who because he doesn't care about starting. You know, and players are the only ones that care, which is why it's the like, fact that he gets them not to care while playing for him is very impressive. I don't know that he gets them not to care though. I think well, not really, to not to care vocally, like to, uh, nobody sulks to other teammates. Will Barton sulked last season when he had to sit in the playoffs. I uh, yeah, came but out well, and spoke and said he was. Not it's true. Pleased. He wasn't but, happy. I mean, he also couldn't really defend himself because his numbers didn't support it, which right. is the same situation Gary Harris is in now. Like if it Correct. comes down to it, what are you going to say, Gary? You're yeah. not happy with your role on the team because. Will, yeah, we Will, Will wasn't happy about it, but yeah. Will didn't make a giant like, "Oh my God, I can't believe I'm not X." A little bit. He he was like, it was a medium mess. Yeah, it was a medium mess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, ten guys at the most. Jordan McRae probably not getting minutes. No. PJ Dozier probably not getting minutes. Yeah, they're going to be injury fill-ins probably. Uh, you've got back to back guys. Kata Bates Diop, Blacko Chanchar. And that sucks because um, I, I really want to see Chancher yeah. get some minutes. Yeah, he, I love the way he plays, but I, I don't see how you get minutes on this particular squad. That's going to require no to go, especially fully healthy. Yeah, yeah, like, full, a fully healthy squad. You can't get minutes for Chancher. And, and I, I, I love is he, Chancher in the league in two years. Yeah, five yeah. years. I don't think so. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know what um, team he gets. Minutes I know PJ Dozier is going to be though. I think he's legit. Um, I think PJ Dozier and Chanchar are both going to be in the league. Chanter is one of those guys that he's your bench dude, 12, 15 minutes a game, run in, set screens, hit a couple threes, grab some rebounds. He's that guy. He reminds me of Eddie Nahara. He always has. And Eddie was around forever. I love Eddie. Getting minutes forever, not getting a lot of points, not getting a lot of rebounds. My Latino brother. Right? But he played the right way. Yeah. And that's Chanchar. He's uh, he's beloved the by... Michael Malone way. Yeah, yeah. He, he plays the game the way you want to see it played. I mean, okay... Is Wancho in the league in five years? I think Wancho's in Spain. Spassion. I think I think Wancho will go back to Spain, be a royalty in in Spain, much the way Rudy Fernandez did. Why doesn't he? Really, that's yeah. like why would you go that's home, cool. hang out, kill kill it in Eurobasket in Spain, and yeah. hang out at home? Way hotter chicks. Yeah, uh, he no likes getting like yes. mono. He might even go home and get mono. <laughs> I'm taking. I'll move to Spain. <laughs> be honest. Uh, all right. Uh, and you've got Noah Vonley back there, Bol Bol back there. They're not going to play unless there's... No. Bol Bol's definitely not going to play. Noah Vonley's not going to play. Von, Vonley's your emergency. Oh, that yeah. was one of the... What about McCray or... 
Yeah, um, I don't think McCray's going to get minutes. McCray's, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, I could maybe see a matchup issue where McCray maybe gets time over Tory Craig. Um, because Craig is one of those players you can sit him and you don't really lose any. You know, he's not like a rhythm shooter or something like that if, where you're, you have to worry about his game. You're not, you're not um, messing up his offensive game the way you messed up Malik's by like right. benching him for five games and asking him to play 20 minutes. If you're if you're playing a 10-man rotation, you could realistically do Monte Morris, Jordan McRae, Torrey Craig, Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant. Yeah. That'd be pretty fun. That'd be pretty good. There'd be a lot of scoring. Uh, Mason Plumlee would be benched. But I think they have 11 guys. The starters plus the... I think you just named six, right? That was five. 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 Yeah, yeah. Five. yeah. Plus, but he didn't say I think Plumlee. Jordan McRae, eleventh guy. It's it was it was insurance. Yes, it's it's he's he's a guy. A that, lot of these guys are insurance. Yeah. Like yeah. the whole point is they're here just in case more bad shit happens. Yeah, or and if, for next year. I mean, we don't know. You know who's still going to be on the team. There's a lot of turnover. If Tory Craig gets injured, and it's very possible mm-hmm. that he yeah. gets injured during right? the stretch. Like, you need somebody who can step into those minutes, and right. Jordan McRae can do that. So. The man is a whirling dervish. Mm-hmm. Like, he yeah. tries hard, but that's where he gets hurt. He's just everywhere. Honestly. All the time. He falls out of court. He falls into cameras. He's, he's always down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He His nearly, head's on the ground He nearly again. broke LeBron. Right? <laughs> it's pretty hard to do. Um, okay. Denver's in the two seed right now. I don't remember what the exact record is for the other teams, but Denver's 38-17. and 17. They're not close to the one seed anymore. Lakers have a five-game lead in the loss column there. Yeah, they're very close to the three and four seed, though. Do Does Denver finish as the two seed? Or do you think that their schedule being pretty hard, guys, the teams behind them is not very hard, do you think that they lose ground with when they've got everybody fully healthy? Or do they can they maintain their pace? I think they'll be a two or a three seed. Yeah. And that's within a game or two. That That's all a... You know, do you drop a game to a bottom-feeding team like the Suns again? Like, are you going to kick it to the Pelicans? Are you going to... I think they're done with that, honestly. Like, And, and I, I know that sounds bad, but like, it was a December-January thing. I think they're going to be done with that. They have a pretty hard schedule they do. coming up. I mean, you hit OKC <clears throat> right off the bat. Minnesota at home. That'll be that'll be intense. Malik's coming. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, gonna, he's gonna put up forty shots. Oh yeah, <laughs> then Thir- you have, thirty points on forty shots. Let's right. go. <laughs> then you have Detroit, which is like a whatever game, and you have a couple days off. But then you have the Clippers and Toronto, Golden State, whatever, Charlotte, Cleveland, or whatever. So you have kind of a break, I guess, right there. And then it's Milwaukee, Dallas, San Antonio, L.A., Lakers, Clippers. OKC, Toronto. Like, yeah, it's no, really it, get, it gets tough. rough. It gets it's, rough. It's a gauntlet of really good right teams there. right there. So. I think this is good for the Nuggets, honestly. I think well, the Nuggets play, play, play good teams yeah. good, man. Yeah. Like, they, they, the ones they choke on are the crappy teams. The yeah. good teams, they play hard. So, yeah, when they I'm have their focus. To it. Yeah. I think, I think that they'll have that intensity. They'll have, they'll have the ability to stay up, stay, stay focused for all of those teams. And I think that they're going to finish with over 55 wins. Okay. That would be my guess. I am not willing to write off the one seed just yet. I think the Lakers are old and have a lot of guys that are injury prone, like one of their superstars, um, if you're not don't, Davis. Don't say it. And no, we don't want you to get shit on me. I'm not rooting for an injury. I'm <laughs> don't just, call them I'm, I'm just predicting that it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that. Oh, sure. oh, so imagine AD goes down. 
for a couple of weeks. Sure. I mean, it's gonna happen. Now LeBron's carrying the team, but they don't want to. They don't want to run LeBron into the ground right before the playoffs. <laughs> he looked, you know, so tired. Right. He, he so looked, I mean, he did not look great tonight, no. like don't LeBron. See it. <laughs> <laughs> you hey, get I, shit on. Come, come at me. Come at me. Let's go. Wow. Uh, I also feel like the Lakers probably aren't as hungry for the one seed as. Maybe the maybe the Nuggets are as a, as a younger team. Like I don't think I don't think LeBron. I mean, of course they want the one seed. You want home court, but I, I, I don't know that they're going to be like they they think that's the only way they can make it to the finals is if they have home court advantage. Where the for the Nuggets it would be enormous. To right, have and then seed. we watched the Nuggets do this last year where they purposely tank a game to get a certain seeding so that they avoid Houston. Mm-hmm. I think the Nuggets are thinking that kind of way. Where I think the Lakers don't have to think that way because they just have the golden ticket. Right. They have LeBron. It doesn't matter. So they don't. They don't have to worry about their seating or where they are in the standings. So they're just going to play. However, every and so I don't think they're thinking about that. Every much. every writer out of LA, every media person has relayed that LeBron really wants the one seed. That they that they as a team, that's one of the goals that they have. That's one mm-hmm. of the things that they want to do. And I, AD I don't, said it too I, before yeah, he came I, to. I don't. Forward. I don't not believe them i think that sometimes that's a little bit of gamesmanship where of course you want the one seed i mean duh but right like, but we'll see well, how, how many playoffs these guys have played like they know that they know it's all about the playoffs the, the problem though is is not the fact that whether they want it or not it's whether the nuggets can make up that gap hey, making up five games in the last 30 is pretty tough especially if if they were to lose at the lakers on march 15th that's then they're done. Like they are done. Then. There's no way. There's no way they can really make up that gap because then they'd be down six games in the loss column. But no, they're actually down seven, seven games. They can't tie them. Yeah, yeah, because they they can't tie. So it's that game is a big swing game. And and if the Nuggets can get that, then maybe it's a question. But I think that they're going to finish as the two. The Clippers are still going to do their load management thing. The Jazz are fine. Nobody's really like. Nobody's really excited about the Jazz. And, and the Rockets are going to be competing with them as well. I'm really just looking forward to that morass at 3-5 to five between Utah, the Clippers, and the Rockets to see which team can get into Denver's bracket versus which team faces the Lakers in the second round. They're and all big aiming at Denver. And whether the 4-5 can... like like if Because if that's the Rockets and the Jazz again... That's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> That's I'm I'm so ready for Rudy Gobert to be played off the court again. Also, if it ends right now, if it were to end right now, Nuggets have to face Luca. Yep. And the Mavs, which is a way tougher match. You know, I'm I'm actually. It'll be Luca's first playoffs. They don't have a lot of personnel around him that actually scares me. Kristaps mm-hmm. is going to make some shots. He's going to hit forty percent from three. But he's not scary. Like like Jokic can take it to him, and he has taken it to him in the past. Like you're not scared of Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think Tim Hardaway is more scared of Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> uh, and so are Dallas fans, by the way. Right. Um, but like, it, it, I have a lot of confidence that Denver can get through the first round, no matter who they face. If that's what I'll say. <clears throat> Here's how I know they're gonna get the one seed. Oh yeah. Oh. They're currently sitting at sixty nine percent. Nice. There it is. Nice. Nice. Well, they must win. They must win. <laughs> Have to. It's a requirement. They must get now. the one seat. <laughs> All right. Next question. I did have. Does anybody get cut from the rotation in the playoffs? Uh, we we kind we kind of did that already, so I'll skip it. 
does Michael Porter Jr. play big playoff minutes? Yes or no? And I will define it. Big? I will define it as over twenty-four minutes over half of the game. Mm. That's pretty much about where I put him. So twenty-four. Okay. <clears throat> I don't. I don't think so. I, I think. I think it's going to be in fifteen to twenty range, probably. Yeah, I'd say under. Um, that I. I still consider getting twenty whatever minutes in a playoff game to be. Big minutes. That's important. Like the, that's yeah. a, that's a yeah. really big deal. I expect him to get over twenty minutes a game in the in the playoffs. Yeah, but not much over. I've heard rumblings that he's been healthy enough to come back, but they have held out on it because they want him to be well rested for a playoff push. Well, and I've said before that for Michael Porter Jr., the idea is to get him ready to pull real minutes as you go down the stretch. Yeah, a heavier load, which heavier. Would have to be over twenty five minutes. So here's here's how it's kind of broken down over his over his months so far. He hasn't really played that much in February. I actually don't know if he's played at all in February. But in November he played seven point seven minutes per game. In December he played about ten minutes per game, and in in January he played about twenty one minutes a game. Yeah. So he has been ramped up. They have been starting to move yep. him in that direction. And while injuries have certainly helped that over this last stretch. I don't think that's going away. I think it's going to be uh, the over more 20. minutes he plays, yeah. the better he plays. You can't pull a guy off the court if he's playing twenty minutes yeah. and pulling down eighteen, ten, and five all the time. You play that guy. Like it's, I don't care what you're trying to do. You play like, that guy. It's like benching Jokic for Nurkic. Like, yes. Like come on, what are we doing here? Like I'll say it's entirely entirely it's about his defense. I think it it really is going to depend on where his and defense is at going into the playoffs. He's it's improving like exponentially. I feel like almost week to week when he's getting regular minutes, he is improving in front of our eyes yep. very quickly on defense because he has the body, he's got the length. I mean, he has all the tools he needs. It's, you can really make up the difference. Shoot. You can make up for his mistakes as long as they're not big mistakes. So when he makes small mistakes, he's like, "That's okay. I have a seven foot two wingspan. Let me just cover up that mistake I just made." He's getting into that position right now where. The, the game is, is just slow enough that he can start making those, oh, yeah, I'm 6'11 plays. And, oh, yeah, I can really jump really high yeah. kind of plays. And so he's just very physically dominant. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to exceed 24. I'm worried that he will have regressed a little bit with this time off, just in his own confidence. Yeah. It took him a minute to go out there and play with confidence, and the speed of the game was too was a bit too fast. And one thing I'll say that after my major injury that I had, any tiny little injury or any tiny little thing after that, I broke my nose. Yeah. And um, setting a trap right after half court, my coach yelled at me the first time because <laughs> I did it wrong. The second time I did not mess it up, but my <laughs> face was shattered. Yeah. Your face was messed up. So that was Okay, fine. Tori. <laughs> yeah. I li- probably, I don't know. Not Tory Craig. It's not my player comp on this team, but a little bit of Tory Craig in there. <laughs> well, uh, he had the face mask last year right. in the playoffs. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah, but it was it's nerve wracking to go back on the floor after an injury, and with um, MPJ's history of injury, I'm worried that he will play hesitant. Yeah, when you can he be goes back out, out there because he's nervous about it re-injuring, it messing up, and it, it has a lot of weight on it, right? Because he wants to play in the playoffs. He want he was seeing how he was getting more minutes, and now he's gonna be stressed that you know every. It seemed like in the first few games where he actually got real minutes, he was stressed out about like the ball going in because he wanted to stay on the floor. So there's pressure on every single possession he had the ball in his hands. So I think that that could potentially cause a little bit of regression so i don't know that you'll see 20 minutes right off the bat sure but hopefully by the time 
playoffs roll around, he'll be back to comfortable. Rhythm is such a big deal. And and people who Especially haven't... Especially for shooters. People yeah. who haven't played sports just don't like really <clears throat> understand the concept of rhythm, the concept of habits, the concept of, of just being out there doing stuff over and over again and then feeling a little bit more comfortable as you go. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. I think that at, at this current point in time, he's probably going to come out a little bit slow. It would not surprise me if he had a couple of... Oh man, he's never gone over four from three. Like that's that's it's been so long since he hasn't made a three before. Uh, but but he, he is Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. and he thinks that he's like a GQ model, so maybe it won't matter at all. I <laughs> well, I'm so. saying like when you're that good, when you've been the chosen one since you were in sixth grade. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. It's different for those guys. Are you saying I wasn't the chosen one? On I think maybe <laughs> you weren't quite that way in the way that MBJ was like, "Hey, look, next Kevin Durant." Yeah. Like that's, no pressure, <laughs> right? That that there are some expectations when you were that good at basketball. Yeah, that maybe right. you build that men- mental game as well. So maybe he won't have that happen. But it, it it's really if it does come out that way, I don't expect it to last. Yeah, like, he'll overcome his, his, it. His game is so is so strong. Yeah, he'll overcome it. You just for a guy that young, for a guy that. who hasn't played that many minutes in years. You know, how do you play 500 minutes in, like, two and a half years and be like, I got this, that's fine, let me just go put up a bunch of lines against some of the, the best, best players in the world. In the world yeah. I will say yeah. that I dropped, like, 39 in my tournament last week. There you go, <laughs> see, you showed them all up. And I hadn't played uh, in a year, so whatever. On that, <laughs> on that note, I think we should wrap it there. We're at about an hour. Uh, really appreciate you guys coming out, it was a lot of fun. Hope the listeners had a good time listening to this Summit episode. The Summit. <laughs> any any parting thoughts other than just whispering summit into the mic? Uh, that Jen is the chosen one, also. And uh, true, true. And we, yes. we ain't worried about her at all. Her, her game will stay strong the whole rest of the year. I'm That's not right. worried about it. We're gonna get her a Denver Stiffs hoodie that says chosen one on it. But That'll she doesn't know she was the chosen one in sixth grade. But it was to be the key Denver Stiffs contributor I, that she yeah, was chosen right. for. So you're the big stiff. How did you? But, but you're the chosen one. So it is what it is. Uh, well, that's going to do it. She's Jenna Garcia at Vita Viva Diva. He is Nick Herzog at Nick Herzog SBN. And he is Gordon Gross at G Money Nugs. I'm Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week.